0: Welcome back to A Current Affair here on Leitrim Daily. I am joined this week uh, with a look at what's in the papers and what's happening around the the county by two of Leitrim County councillors, uh, Enda McGloin, who's the chairman of the council, and also by Phelan Gurn, an independent councillor from Manor Hamilton. Welcome to the show, gentlemen.
1: Thank you, Broughney. Thank you, Broughan.
0: We're going to start, I think, given that we have you in the room, Enda, Mm -hmm. we're going to start with the story on the front page. It was the the topic we started on last week when Mm -hmm. Jerry Reynolds withdrew from the election ticket for Fine Gael in this region. We're looking at a general election maybe later in the year, early next year. Will we be seeing Andy McGloin's name on the on the ticket?
1: Well, I don't know. Um, that's obviously a matter for the Fine Gael party nationally. Um, the situation is that the party held a convention this time last year, last July. Uh, the delegates, the over uh, 803 people who voted on that night, choose Jerry Reynolds and... Councillor Sinead Maguire from Sligo. Um, Gerry subsequently made a decision last week that due to business commitments that he no longer could continue on as a prospective Dáil candidate. So the situation is that the Fine Gael Party uh, under the Executive Council will review the position. My understanding is they will at least, at the very least, select one candidate to replace um, Gerry Reynolds. The position is that he's based in Leitrim, obviously Carrigan Shannon. There will be a candidates sought to, f- to replace him I'd, I have indicated to the Executive Council that I have an interest. Uh, I was recently elected as you know to the Council after five years I hear a look of Leitrim County Council as well. I would argue based where I am here in Drumshambo uh, it's right in the centre of the county between North and, and South Leitrim my family roots are based in North Leitrim. I've been a councillor from 2004 to 2014 uh, in Leitrim Uh, Shambo Ballinamore area so look, I have a lot of experience so I'd hope the party would consider all of those factors in choosing a candidate to replace Gerry Reynolds there are others, um, so it's up really to the Executive Council whether I'm a candidate or not.
0: You mentioned there were two candidates on the ticket, is there a chance that the strategy might change?
1: It may well change um, but uh, I suppose that really, but Gerry Reynolds was unique in that he was a former TD and Senator and he served from 1987 to 2002 and in that time he represented the people of South Sligo and he was a number of occasions secured a lot of votes in the South Sligo area so he had that advantage over the rest of us. So in light of that in the sense that he was somebody well known to people in the South Sligo area they may have to if they decide on, on another candidate which they will have to then reflect on whether that candidate covers the South Sligo area adequately enough and perhaps look at adding a third candidate but the r- strategy is under review and Fine Gael is anxious to try and win a second seat they need to do that if they're to uh, return to government
0: Phelan, to bring you in on this su- subject, last weekend Denson told us that he felt there might be an opportunity with the s- uncertainty that's within the Fine Gael party at the moment for an independent person to come through, now would you be interested or could you see maybe someone else coming in and filling that void that jury has left not necessarily within the Fine Gael party,
2: but within Leitrim politics? Well, I suppose w- technically there is always, everybody says there's, there's Fine Gael seats, Fine seats, an independent seat and a, a Sinn Féin candidate. I suppose um, it depends on who the independent candidate is. I, I'm, it's something that I'm not uh, going to uh, run as a candidate. But I suppose if the right candidate co- comes along, there's a chance of taking a seat. But, I mean, you're up against the, the Fine Gael machine, the Fine machine, the Sinn Féin machine, so... It depends if the right candidate comes forward and to meet all the criteria out there, somebody can take the seat. But it won't be
0: Phelan Gourne. It won't Gern be Gern. Uh, Let's take a look at the Observer. We move past the front page. On the top of page two, the Mercosur beef deal is top of the agenda in the county at the moment with thousands of people travelling yesterday to Dublin to uh, protest against the deal. We We went in-depth in it last week, but just quickly, tell us about... How much of an effect that's going to have on Leitrim with that trade
2: deal? I, I suppose we're in Leitrim in general, we all know what the farming community is, is worth to a local economy. I suppose when the local farmer does well, the whole economy tries well, that goes down to the marts, to the shops, to the co-ops, that depend on that money circulating in the economy. I suppose this deal here, you can see where Europe is, is trying to do this, is to open the pharmaceutical industry to South America. But at the same point in time, 90,000 tonne coming into, into the, the European market, Argentinian beef, um, Brazilian beef, is going to have a detrimental effect here on our, on our farmers. I suppose that the concept here is that it's, it's the food chain that the farmers, it was explained to me the other day, that Larry Goodman has a monopoly on the, on the, on the beef industry with his meat processing plants all over Europe. And it's the price that he pays to the farmers. The, the farmer is the, is the worst off uh, as, as a producer in this. But I think ourselves that we've set a standard in Ireland for a top quality beef production system that we have, for our restaurants, for everything else. And to let this in, it's only to start 90,000 ton. In a couple of years, it'll be four or 500,000 th- ton or, or more. And it's going to be the cost of, of rural, small farmers that Leitrim depends on. The other thing with this is we're trying here in Europe um, to have um, good quality meat in in Ireland and and our tourism industry and all that depends on that, and our restaurants and our pubs and everything else. And the quality of the beef that's coming in to Europe from South America, the traceability, especially traceability, when years ago and the Brexit scenario that we have on our doorsteps is... That um, if there's a, b- a breakout of foot and mouth and BSE, which we had years ago, there's no traceability back to these countries like Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, these countries. So it might be cheaper beef, but it's not the same quality and the standards that we have set ourselves on. I think it will do a detrimental effect to the beef industry in Ireland.
0: Looking back towards the papers, and a subject that came up at the council meeting last Monday week was the issue of respite care in the county and there's a severe shortage of facilities for people who need respite care mm. with the only base being in Tullahan now there's a, a good article on,
2: on page 3 of the Observer today Well I suppose listen, it's, and I'll tell you it's an issue that came up on the doorsteps between Royal Campus and with everybody and it's a, and it's a, it's a big issue dealing with the HSE and I'm on the HSE forum Tullahan is I suppose a location that has been there for a couple of years uh, for North Leitrim, area but in, in South Leitrim. It's a huge drive, as we all know. Leitrim is a very dispersed county and a very long county. That there needs to be a respite care in South Leitrim, and it it is a relief situation for for families that are minding their their loved ones at homes and trying to do their best. And we all agree with the model that the model of care should be at the, at, the, at home and at the house because of actual costs that it costs to keep somebody in the hospital. And uh, the issue here is that uh, for respite, the families are struggling, they really need this. And I mean, if you're only talking for one or two days, you're always on call 24-7, and that's the big issue here with the families. And if you take the cost of of running these services and everything else out, and you put that into the healthcare system, it's it's essentially it's cheaper to do it in the home care situation. So whatever it takes, there has to be more and more money put into respite care, because it's an issue all over the place. And I've suggested this with people with disabilities is another huge uh, area that I'm trying to do, especially with intellectual disabilities, that what I was trying to do was to get two houses built in, in each municipal area in Ballinamore, Monaghan, and the Carrick area, that would uh, that would be a house for life. What they call them now is that um, a young adult that's in, in services like National Learning Network, and Money to one that I was an example that they're there in that service Monday to Friday, after they go home in the evening. They're with their parents, but as the parents get elderly or sick or whatever, what happens to them going forward? I'm trying to do this since I got elected five years ago, to wake the councils and wake the HSE up to this situation, that we are going to have a long-term problem with this down the road. Uh, They didn't even know that these young adults existed because they weren't on the housing list. So they are living and cared for by their parents. What happens when the parents or someone is deceased? So what they're calling now is they're looking at the strategies called Houses for Life and there'll be a service that's put in place that they'll be able to live independently for their life with with the support of, of HSE down the road. So that's something that I'm looking at but as Endo will tell you everybody else the HSE is struggling here with budgets and it's one thing that they have to get right is to enable uh, support and help for the respite services.
1: Aye, well, it, what Phelim has said is true. I suppose budgetary is a big issue. You see, the cuts in home help hours are at least today. Uh, you know, the, a lot of people have highlighted that issue throughout the local election campaign. So resources are the key issue here. And I suppose you know, going through the article and the points made by my colleague, Eita Reynolds, in relation to this, um, you know, she documented. It's not fully documented in the paper, but at the meeting she documented. You know, um, a week in the life. Uh, of of a family who has to care for somebody with those special needs and the issue around respite and it's quite uh, as she explained it at the council meeting quite quite daunting and really 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 very difficult for any of those families and i think i think if we could um the hsc could see their way towards looking planning at respite home in the southern part of the county i think you know that would be something we'd all welcome and we'd hope that the hsc could look towards their limited resources to providing that facility
0: we're sitting in the food hub in drumshambur while we're having this conversation this morning and just As well as new businesses popping up around here all the time, there's a new business opened in the last week just down the road at Acres Lake. uh, It's Pedlows where you can go and uh, spend a little bit of time on the Acres Lake, the beautiful amenity that that is. The reason I'm bringing that up is because A, there's an article in the paper about it, but B, we've been hearing about closures and insurance issues and all of these things for all of these kind of activities. It's great to see something new in that field and there are loads of them around the area over the last couple of years that have popped up all over the place. We're also looking at the end of Jamestown show. This is all down to insurance. How big of an issue at the moment for for businesses in the county is insurance?
1: Yeah, well, it is very difficult. I I mean, the insurance costs have spiralled really out of control. I just noticed, as people were aware, there was a a ted exchange in the uh, Oireachtas committees there during the week between... Uh, Pierce Stoherty, Sinn Féin and the insurance companies where they related a lot of the increased costs to um, claims and the various, uh, what he would c- what they would refer to as um, claims that were not legit. I would suggest that there is much more to that as Pierce Stoherty found out and I think that the Michael Darcy, the Minister in the Department of Finance who is dealing with that, has mm. made a number of... Uh, Progress in relation to bringing these insurance companies to heel because it is putting the likes of the Jamestown Show, as he said, out of business and various other uh, businesses that we hear about in terms of pubs, various restaurants, nightclubs, all of that. sign Now, Phelan is obviously more in touch with that. He's in business himself in Manor Hamilton. While the government are doing whatever they can, I think, you know, they need to come fairly fast to finding a solution where the insurance companies can explain more why their premiums are increasing so much. And I think if you look at, for example, even the profits of FBD as an example, like it's running into the millions and millions and millions. So that's some people are questioning that. And I think logically we have to question if they're making millions and millions and millions and why they're still putting up the premiums. There is something wrong somewhere in the system. Finn,
0: what's your experience of it, Finn?
2: Well, I j- listen, and j- the new business that's been set up at Acres Lake, I I, I I welcome it, and it's great to see a new business set up in a, in a, t- in a tourism tribe in town like Shambo is at Acres Lake. I suppose the issue here is, regardless of what you do, you need insurance for every aspect of your life. And we can take it down to car insurance for young people that are 18. There's been a scandal, a young person that worked for me was quoted 18,000 for starting off a of car insurance, which was crazy. I couldn't believe that a couple of months ago. Uh, but I mean, that was just w- that was one issue. I suppose. Listen, I, I have a 17-year-old son who'll be looking for insurance now next year, and I suppose that that will be a big issue. But uh, but I mean, uh, the, the whole aspect here is we're becoming, unfortunately, uh, a Sioux society, whether we like it or we don't like it. And as regards shows and everything else, like Jamestown, I was talking to somebody last night. The Salmon Festival, actually over in Ballinet, had to cancel their actually show, and they had a quarter of a million visitors. So it is an issue that's right across the board. And if, if anybody's setting up a show or a festival, it's the biggest issue that they face is insurance costs. On a business level, we all know from um, we watched Virgin Media covering the aspect in a restaurant of a person that was eating food and the next thing they started choking and glass in the food and it was a bonus call and we all know the issues here years ago with supermax where I actually had video footage of them slipping in the toilets um, As regards a person that's in business, uh, my insurance costs is going up and up and up every year and it doesn't matter whether you have CCTV or what you have, your insurance doesn't come down There's an issue here as I said that um, Pierre Stoherty brought up the other day in the Rockness and there's an issue here that when he questioned any of the insurance companies i mean they had no answers they were they're they're pure bluffing i suppose here there's an issue right across the world with insurance with i mean acts of god that are happening all over the world with forest fires Mm -hmm. with uh, hurricanes tornadoes everything else the whole insurance industry is taking a hit all over the world probably like this whether we like it or we don't like it flood insurance and everything else that's we're we're paying for it one way or the other i suppose the annoying part here is when somebody has been sued by the insurance company especially in business that there's a deal done with the insurance company that they'll actually pay out. And I haven't even told some of the actual claimants that, here, listen, your case is settled or whatever. And, I mean, we, we see that right across the board. We, we I suppose really what we've been, and the, the industry has been looking for this for years, and Wittners, I remember the Wittners as well, is that we want a fraudulent guarantee unit set up that they can investigate this. Like, what the, the issue is here is that hotel, that pub, that that person um, claimed that they had glass that person should be taken then there's the footage not just about giving them a free meal and trying to settle it only that he had an extremely good CCTV and showed that and highlighted that that person should be Actually, taken and finding court for that, and I mean all the care claims that are all over the place as well. We actually need now for the insurance company and uh, for fraudulent cases, we actually hold in front of the courts to stop this, because this is a phenomenon. What you're seeing is here is right across the board is there's going to be no more shows. There's going to be businesses going out of business because this this has gone out of hand. So we've got to actually try and draw it in and stop it.
0: Let's look uh, at another thing that I noticed in the papers today, and there has been a, a temporary traffic flow management system in place around the fire station, the Leitrim Road, Park Lane, that area of Carrick and Shannon. According to the newspaper today that has been made temp- permanent that's now going to be enforced across the town
1: Yeah, well that was on foot of a question or motion um, or actually I think it was a query by Councillor Des Gokin at the July meeting and the executive responded that this was going to be permanent so um look at uh it is i suppose most of us coming into the county town, especially this time of year which is a good thing to see that there's obviously visitors there's people coming into carrigan shannon to do business and for many many years i went to school in carrigan shannon i can remember being a very sleepy probably the, the 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 slowest and the most um under underdeveloped county town in ireland and that has been transformed over the last 25 30 years to create what it is today um But we've gone to the other extreme now. Recently at a meeting that we had with the county manager who was briefing us uh, after the local election that um, he talked about numbers of cars coming across there from the Roscommon side of the bridge. The fact there is only one bridge, uh, it creates uh, huge problems. And he has suggested to us that that those numbers are going to increase and that if there's nothing done in the next uh, seven or eight years, that Carrick will come to a virtual standstill. That's based on his projections or the projections of consultants, I presume, that the council have employed. I suppose the pressure is coming off from the Sligo side, where they are get the end of the journey is Sligo. So getting through Carrick and Shannon is proving to be uh, a huge difficulty. And for people who are encouraging investment north of uh, the Carrick and Shannon, then they are anxious to deal with it. I suppose many people would fear, as I would have certain concerns for a bypass of Carrick and Shannon eventually, um, that may spell disaster for the current businesses in the town. So I think we have to be very, very careful what we wish for here. Um, I know Councillor Desgokin at that same meeting raised that issue about, we see for example Boyle, which is the next town up on the N4. You know, uh, 35 years ago Boyle was the shopping town. What is it today? There's a lot of closed businesses. Um, it isn't a town that's doing well. And maybe people are argue because it was bypassed. now. You know, uh, I, I just would have certain concerns for Carrick and Shannon, how we deal with this. But um, in terms of the current traffic management, I think it's a good system. I think the flow is much easier, especially coming in from the Leitrim village, from Shambo side, it's easier to get access into the town. Um, and I don't see any major issue there. I think what we have to worry about in the n- coming years is the other end of town, which is the bridge, and how we deal with... Uh, the increasing number of traffic and the flow there, and that's going to be a big, big decision for Leitrim County Council and uh, the NTA and all of the various bodies.
0: How has the one-way system in Manor Hamilton made improvements film over the last decade or so?
2: Well, to be honest with you, uh, we've had a lot of businesses closed down on our main street, and uh, it was something like no more than that. If you ask me, it was something that I, I don't want to see Manor Hamilton bypass or Carrick bypassed because I, I, I think it actually kills businesses and we're having that as it is in the centre of our towns and we're trying to revive the centre of our towns. I suppose the issue here is with the council level and come from business. Um, people are asking where does your rates go and things like that. I suppose the issue here is you have to build car parks. Car parks have to be designed. alright. People does not want to walk forever, but you have to have a car park near to support business on our main streets. As regards like um, C- Carrick and Shannon here on the flow of traffic, um, I suppose I think it's a good thing, but uh, the new system, I suppose really for us, we just have to get used to of turning there, where we used to turn and, and continue and go down by the fire station. That's the hardest, because we still keep indicating the head down that way. It's a while to get used to it. I suppose the aspect here that is brought up is, I suppose on the Sligo, the Roscommon side, that is uh, a, a serious problem coming in. But I mean, listen, it's, it's something that the council, I would be fearful, as Enda said, like what's happened to Boyle, and Boyle was a great shopping town. It was the town 20, 30 years ago, and now nobody mentions Boyle. Carrick is completely taken over. So I think it's an issue here that the council with this plan, that they've got this 3 million of the 9 million plan for Carrick, that they've got to seriously have a, have, a, have a look at and, and hopefully have traffic flow. But I wouldn't, to be honest you, would you want to see Carrick bypassed?
0: I'm going to stay with you for a minute, Fenham, because I want to talk to you about the SLNCR uh, and the funding situation for the old cavern. Sligo Leitrim, Cavan, Railway, uh, Greenway that, you've, that they're working on in the north of the county. Tell us a bit about the current situation with that.
2: Well, I suppose the current situation here, there's an SLNCR group that's been set up for the last, probably have been at this 15 or 20 years, they were really working on Greenways before there was ever even a Greenway in Morani. I suppose the issue here is how do you, it's, it's a tourism product for North Leitrim and it's on the old railway line, Lincoln, from Colooney, right through to Ballantover, Drumahair, Manorhampton, Glen Farn, uh, onto Black Lion, onto Neskilling. The issue here is it's a 70 kilometre greenway, which would change significantly the ho- the whole area and the whole landscape of the area as a tourism product, a safe cycle route. Uh, the issue here is we've been campaigning with Minister Ross for the last, I guess, three years trying to get this across the line. And with the issues here of the greenways that was funded here about two weeks ago uh, he funded 40 million out of 53 million pot that were left out of it again the council our from county council had to do an economic study on this this time last year the project was dead in the water we had our new ceo come in and he wanted an economic study done the economic study came back that the whole project was viable we're talking 28 million to do it what jobs would be created along the way what it would enhance the tourism industry and the spin-off for the local economy. So, with that, we there's work being done on the ground for the last number of years of trying to, to select the route. Has to be selected from Sligo to Iniskeen. I suppose really we were being let down. As Leitrim is leading this, we let down really on the Sligo side. Trying to get landowners and trying to get because there's two SSCs on the on the Sligo side and there's one SSC on the Leitrim side. That costs a lot of money to get that through, and it's it's not just a a part eight now, and it's it's a, it's a European directive, habitat studies and all that. That costs a lot of money. So the idea of these greenways was we went for interreg funded a couple of years ago. We were the top project. It was all allocated the money. We got nothing. The funded three projects that left us out of it. There was frustration uh, with that. So we went back in again for this funding. We're not shovel ready. This is the get this shovel ready. This is the start consultancy work, start plan design. And as people remember, Minister Ross met Arlene Foster below in um, the Bowler romance in Glenfarren And she is very keen for this project to happen, to get people into the skin. And she sees a viable project in the middle of Brexit that it would be that it would be great tourism attraction for sligo town and Enniskillen town that's your two hubs and everything else in between we know we have a lot of uh, tourism attractions along the route bed nights has been a big issue but this idea that the council put in for half a million is to get this project up and running to put consultants on the work to get a design team and we're we're actually been asking now in the rock is the fund gone or is there more money in the fund and it's for councils that are not shovel ready to get in the process of being shovel ready to get a greenway, so that's, that's where we're at.
0: I think you only have to look at the success in Mulroney, as you mentioned, in, in Ackle, in Westport, down in Dungarvan. And you must have seen the benefits here locally with the Shannon Blueway, which is a, a shorter version of what Phil is talking about.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You, you, the Minister commented there last week when he opened the new Blueway that the visitors' numbers are something in excess of 100,000, so that's having a significant impact. We mentioned earlier about the Petalos. That business now is, I suppose, prompted by the success of the number of visitors. Also, you have uh, the uh, kind of the, how to call it, the fun park on the water there uh, that's open down at the um, lake. And also, then you have the new Jenny's Tea Rooms. And then it has brought extended business to the hotel. So, the idea that you could connect from the hotel in from Shambo to the hotel in Leitrim Village and on to Carrick and Shannon, connecting the three major tourism. Centres, we call it. Uh, I think it's 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 massive success, and I can understand uh, why Phelan places this project at the top of his list for for North Leitrim. And I do hope that uh, we can get over this impasse and get the funding that it, re- it is a great project, and uh, hopefully that at some stage in the next funding uh, allocations that the, that just gets the proper funding it needs to progress.
0: Obviously forestry has been at the top of the agenda for most of Leitrim and the Save Leitrim campaign and Fáil you had a motion at the county council meeting last week about the issue.
2: Yeah, well I suppose really uh, when I got elected as a county councillor um, I suppose it was an eye-opener that people were coming to you and they were asking you was actually forestry through the planning process and there hadn't been and I suppose the issue here is in more, which is outside Manorhampton Issue here of to trying to uh, tree fell eight thousand tons of actually trees and there's local farmers objected to that, and that actually stopped at the minute. But I suppose really when you look at this process, that if you're building an extension to your house, you have to go through the planning process. And everybody here, well listen, we're dealing with a legacy here of 20, 30 years ago that we're seeing now silk spruce trees all over the place. And that uh, is still not a national strategy as regards forestry in the country. All right, we know that uh, the CO2 emissions and all that, and we have no problem with that. And I suppose my issue here was trying to get the forestry thing into our county plan, but it has to, to take place first at the national level, that, th- that we will be strict guidelines here that the actual amount of silica spruce that is planted per hectare, that there would be an an issue of hardwood trees, which nobody has a problem with, and that you know the likes of Quilch and all these ones will start designing and designating, uh, you know, forestry parks and walks through the area. That we're thinking ahead of this, but it's an issue. It's an issue here that uh, if it's something that we don't c- come up with some plans, that in twenty or thirty years we're we're going to be through in this again. And we all know in certain townlands and and areas that has been depopulated that. Uh, you know, that it, it has been as in regards an issue through, through forestry in 20 or 30 years of a legacy of, of bad planning. So something that needs to be put, and we know the minister, I think it's Minister Doyle, is it? is, 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 is ha- you know, that there has to be a national planning strategy for the country, that they have to be held accountable. Because it is an issue that here, vulture funds, pension funds are coming in here, they're, bu- they're buying land in Leitrim planting it and they're, they're writing that off on their east coast as their carbon footprint so I mean something has to be done here we don't want to see the whole of Leithram plant we're trying here like ending end knows all this and you've seen the way Carrick has improved you've seen the way Drumshambo has improved um, and and uh, something here that we're getting footfall into Leithram we're trying to have a, a tourism industry and a few tree fell in an area you see that what it's like in the area afterwards like Chernobyl hit so I mean, it's the landscape has totally changed. So we're trying to promote tourism and the tourism industry here in Leitrim is something that we have to stop, more trees have been planted.
1: There was a, f- a conference on forestry which was attended by Minister Richard Bruton whose responsibility in relation to natural resources and I suppose the obligation in Ireland in relation to the CO2s and all of that too in relation to the forestry and there was a very strong protest there. Uh, from a group that are arguing very much against the whole area of Sitka Spruce. The Sitka Spruce is an American species of tree that uh, f- is fast growing and becomes more of a crop than anything else. And um, I, I think the Minister had to take on view what was said uh, to him. Uh, that he was disrupted a number of times in a speech. It was on yesterday's Irish Times. And, you know, I, I see that the government are going to have to Uh, look at it, Uh, the Minister of Doyle has set up a study group which we contributed to our last meeting of Leighton County Council there was two um, people, a professor from uh, UCD was asked by government to come and do a study in relation to the the social effects of uh, excess forestry and all the members contributed to that and I do hope that that study is brought to the fore and brought back to government and we can reappraise the position going forward, uh, we have 20% of our county in forestry uh, and I think there's no, at this point of time, as Phelim has pointed out, there's no mechanism over planning for this and there has to be some level of input going forward because we're now at 20% and we have to ensure that our county is some way governed, some way or other, and that the elected members have some way of dealing with uh, a situation where people bring forward proposals on extra forestation above that 20% um and that's really where I think the debate is at. I'm anxious to see what the result will be of the study that the minister has initiated, and that the comments and indeed the very strong views of the members of leeton County Council are taken on board. There's a big feature in the paper. We spoke about it extensively on the show
0: last week. The stylish silage, seen as Rindam shambles. We better finish up with that. Falem, have you had a chance to have see, uh, take a look at any of the, the fantastic displays around the town? Well,
2: I, I suppose really. You have to hand it, and I, I, I was talking to Norman Parton about this. How we came up with the concept, and uh, it was a couple of new people that moved into Drumshambo years ago that came up with the concept. I think uh, it's, it's it's great, and it's the talk of the, the actual country, how people come up with an idea and and they keep improving it year on year and year, on the actual side of Wales, And now it's 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 right across the the country because RT has covered it phenomenal, and I think uh, it's something that, in fairness. Uh, people on the ground have really bought into this and, and uh, th- they keep coming up with new designs and bettering it every year and uh, I, th- I think for, a, for, a, for a, a concept and a logo and how you promote something I just think they're, they're really hitting the, the ground running with this and mm-hmm. every success to them and it's been a huge success for the Toaston Festival
1: yeah, w- I'd just like to say as well, well done to the Toastal Festival, to Hugh James Gallagher who's chairman and all his team and uh, I was happened to be a member of that committee years ago back 6-7, we never uh, came up with ideas like Stylish, Stylish and they did and it's a wonderful idea and it's, it brings out the imagination people and everyone is racking their brains a couple of months coming into the Toastal to say well what will they do this year and uh, it's this great innovation and great ideas and the winners are seen in this week's from Observer and anyone that comes into Mshambo will, will be able to uh, have a laugh and see exactly the way the imagination of these people and it's been attracted it was on the 6-1 news, Pat McGrath had a feature on it, uh, my understanding is that Ray Darcy will be here in a few days, uh, I'm sure he will talk about them when he's out at the Acres Lake. and also a country nationwide are going to do a programme in the 26th 27th of July and they will be still up then so they'll be referring to it nationally so it's, it's a new it's innovative and I've, I've seen seen uh, because there's one or two up beside my own house a number of cars stopping taking photographs and uh, i suppose when you have festivals you always have to pick up new ideas to get a bit of atmosphere And i think they create a great atmosphere great atmosphere of fun and enjoyment and you know it gets people talking and i think well done to the committee it's always hard to come up with ideas and they have come up with ideas that put a huge amount of work meetings throughout the winter long nights coming up with ideas and they deserve a special rate of praise they get nothing out of it they do it voluntarily the businesses prosper from it and that's good and it's great civic duty on anybody that's involved in any festival across this county i applaud them i take my hat off to them because i know myself what it's about and in this case on the two and total committee i say well done
0: well listen gentlemen we've run out of time so thank you very much for joining me this morning uh the very best looking your various uh, agendas over the course of the five years on the Leitrim County Council. Thank you very much and we will talk to you again over the course of the year.
2: I just want to wish the new Wild Rose Festival the best of luck. Of course. And and, and the upcoming festival which has been revived after a number of years and it's on from the 21st of July to the 28th of July.
0: And we will be talking about it on the show tomorrow on our gig guide uh, with a more in-depth view of it next week. But listen, thank you very much lads for coming in and uh, we'll be talking to you and your colleagues over the course of the coming weeks.